that God is going to use for this worship experience in Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 28. I believe this is the word that God wants to use to speak to our hearts today. Before you're seated, let's just, let me say this. I, I, I want to read just a part of the narrative. Hang with me upstairs. We're going to move around maybe in a different way than the notes I've provided for you, but we're just going to go where God takes us this morning, okay? Is that all right? Is that all right? I'm just going to read a few verses to begin with in order to establish some context so that our conversation will be a little bit more productive. As you're turning there, welcome to week number three of this series, Unshakable. Somebody say, Unshakable. We've been looking at the unshakable faith of Daniel and how his faith exposed the faithfulness of God. But there's been this underlying theme in the book of Daniel that it's not about the position that you're in. It's about the purpose within. Last week, I built upon that concept and said it's not about position. It's about purpose. And your purpose is always connected to the process of praise. This week, I want to build on that thought. It's not about position, it's about purpose. And purpose is strengthened through the process of prayer. Hello? Somebody say prayer. Your purpose is strengthened through your willingness to connect with the heavens through prayer. In fact, let me read to you a few verses before you're seated. Daniel chapter 6, let's just pick it up in verse 7 for the sake of time. It says the royal administrators, if you're there, say I'm there prefects, the satraps, the advisors, the governors, all those people all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Somebody say, that sounds fun. Well, you're crazy. Now, your majesty, issue the decree Put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days anyone who prays to any god or human being except to you your majesty would be thrown into the lion's den he said i sure did the decree stands in accordance with the law verse 13 is where we get the title from it says then they said to the king Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or the decree you put in writing. He still prays. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, he still prays. In other words, what they're saying to the king is, we've put this moratorium in place that he or anyone else cannot pray to anyone other than to you. And if they do, we will be throwing them into the lion's den. In other words, what they're saying is, we've tried to end his belief, but yet he still prays. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell them the title of today's message. Still praying. Look at your other neighbor and say, praying still. How many of you have heard of staying still? How about praying still? 
praying still, still praying. Daniel, here he is. Hold on a second because somebody needs to hear this. There are moments in your life that God will provide for you his supernatural resources via your prayer life. Somebody say, say, still praying. Still praying. I don't know who this is for, but some of you are praying over something. There are moments in, in your life that only God, when you begin to pray and your prayers begin to fill up the heavens and they become saturated with the moisture of your prayer, that is when God will begin to rain down in your life. Let me give you a science lesson really quick in the water cycle. You see, the water in the surface, on the surface of the earth, goes back to the skies through a process called evaporation through a process called sublimation where the liquid form of water breaks down, the molecules break down, they turn back into gas, and then that gas begins to be released back into the skies. And when the heavens or the clouds become so saturated with that evaporation process, with that moisture, the transition from earth to heaven, then a rain begins to come down. What I'm trying to say is for somebody in this place, you've been praying for something, still praying still pray do you hear me praying still you need to still pray whatever you've been praying over God is about to release from heaven a divine intervention in your life it's just like the word says that the rain that comes to the earth will not return to heaven without first watering the earth so is his word it will not return void and it will accomplish the very purpose for which it was sent I'm reminded of the prophet Elijah who looked at his servant and said I'm about to pray for rain. He looks at the king Ahab and he says, you better hitch up your chariot and head on home because it's going to rain. Even though it hadn't rained in three and a half years, he gets down on his knees and he begins to pray. His servant comes back and he says, did you see anything? He said, nothing. He said, go back again. He comes back the second time, nothing. Did you see anything the third time? Nothing. Did you see anything the fourth time? Nothing. The fifth time, nothing. The sixth time, nothing. But the seventh time, he said, I see a cloud. I see a cloud. It's about the size of a man's hand. It's about to rain. Daniel is still praying. After all that Daniel has gone through, after an edict has been given by the king that you will be fed to the lions, the Bible says Daniel is still praying. I want you to write this down. Write this down if you're taking notes. In fact, just go ahead and be seated so you can write this down. I don't want any excuse. Well, I couldn't write it down because I wasn't sitting down. Effective prayer begins when you perceive the gap between where a situation is and where God wants it to be. Grab that. Effective prayer begins when you perceive where a situation is, that gap in between where a situation is and where God wants it to be, Daniel still prays. Hold on a second. If you'll think about how Jesus taught the disciples to pray, what did he say? He said, pray. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
He's teaching us how to close the gap in between where your situation is and where God wants it to be. Closing the gap through prayer where your situation is now, where God wants it to be. The gap that's in between, not my will, but thy will be done. But now listen, that's when God begins to cause all of heaven to come down. Because when your prayers go up and saturate the heavens, if you will, that's when the power of God will be made manifest in your life. But you need to understand this, your prayer, your prayer life, your prayers must line up with his word. Your prayers must line up with his word. Can I teach a little? Thank you. Is it all right if I teach some? Let me read something to you. Go back to the very beginning of this narrative, chapter six. Let's look at verses one through three. Watch what happens. It says, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Hold on a second. It says, so Daniel distinguished himself. Here is Daniel, the exile from Israel. And it says, so Daniel distinguished himself in such a way that the king was going to appoint him over the entire kingdom. You see, what you do while no one is watching, while you're living for God, God will elevate you while everyone is watching. says, so Daniel distinguished himself. Think about this with me for a moment. Daniel is, is a Hebrew. He, he's been exiled from, from Israel because King Nebuchadnezzar went to Israel, destroyed Israel, grabbed all of these people, made them prisoners of war, brought them back, if you will, to Babylon, began to train them, turned them into Babylonians, gave Daniel a new name, Belteshazzar told them what they could eat, how they could live. But it says in this process, here's Daniel. He's too Hebrew to be Babylonian, too Babylonian to be Hebrew. His land has been destroyed. His nation has been destroyed. His family has been destroyed. His way of life has been destroyed. But it says, but Daniel distinguished himself. One of your translations that you have here today may even say something like, but Daniel distinguished himself through great spirit and attitude. Let's talk about his attitude for a minute. In other words, his attitude and his spirit was so great that the king said there's something different about him. Let me elevate him. You see, some of you, you want to be promoted on the job, but is your attitude and your workmanship promotable? Can I get a hello? Some of you want promotion, but is your attitude promotable? Daniel's attitude was good. In fact, it says his spirit was good, even though he was in a place that he didn't want to be. How many of you know somebody who's got a bad attitude? You know somebody who's got a bad attitude? Just raise, raise your hand. If they're sitting beside of you, raise their hand. Don't you dare do that. But if they have a bad attitude, you don't want to be around them, do you? 
Why? Because their attitude stinks. Daniel's attitude could have been in a place to where it, it would have been smelly as well. Daniel could have complained about his problem. Daniel could have, could have criticized his problem, his, the people that are around him. He could have been negative about his problem, but it said Daniel so distinguished himself. Let me talk about and highlight the effectiveness of Daniel by highlighting the practices of Daniel. The Bible says that the tongue has both the power of life and death. Some of you, the same tongue that you're using to praise God with on Sunday, you're using to break yourself down and others down Monday through Saturday. Daniel so distinguished himself. Listen, if your tongue has both the power of life and death, how can you expect the life of heaven to come down in your situation if all you were doing is speaking death? If all you are doing is using words of death, how can heaven bring life? If all you are doing is bad-mouthing and poor-mouthing your situation, you're critical, you're, you're negative, how can the death that is coming out of your mouth bring anything other than death? It says, so Daniel distinguished himself. You see, Daniel could make a withdrawal from heaven because he had been making some deposits, if you will. This is not just a story about Daniel being low. This is a story about how God showed up while Daniel was low. Daniel's attitude could have been a bad attitude. He could have been complaining, Michael, about his plight. He could have been negative about his situation. You know how we are. I'm just tired of the enemy. The enemy always beating me up. Sometimes you even name the enemy. It might not even be a person's name. It might be a place you work. It might even be a place that you bank. It might be a school teacher. It might be a family member. It might be, I don't know. It might be someone who's close to you. But, but, but you're talking about your plight. How the enemy is always beating you up. But you've got to remember something. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. You see, God, everything is not caused by God, but God works in everything. Did you grab that? Everything's not caused by God, but God works in everything. It might have come from, might not have come from God's hand, but when you begin to pray, it's got to pass through God's hand. And when it goes through God's God's hand, his hand begins to change the situation in your life. So instead of complaining about the enemy all of the time, using words of death, why don't you begin to use some words of life? Somebody needs to hear this. You feel like the enemy has surrounded you? Well, you need to know that God has surrounded the enemy. And when the enemy has been surrounded by God, he's got to go through God before he can get to you. Listen, can I tell you something? The enemy wants to come after you because God is about to distinguish you you. Good God Almighty. Here's Daniel writing this book. Daniel talking about all of his problems, but yet really not talking about his problems as much as he's talking about his God. Can I tell you something? Daniel's greatest testimony was not what he did for God. It's what God has done for him. 
Whew, Lord have mercy. Let me, let me keep going. I wrote something down. So let me take you back to the narrative first before I give you this. Here's all of Daniel's people, if you will, those who call themselves Daniel's people. They're really Daniel's enemy. They know that there's no way that they can remove Daniel from this distinguished position unless they trap him in something that means a lot to him, which is his relationship with God. So they come up with this plan to say that no one can pray to any other God. You can only pray to the king for the next 30 days. And they go to the king and they tell the king, listen, everybody has voted and they all agree that no one can pray to anyone unless they pray to you. Well, that was a lie because Daniel wasn't included in the vote. The king buys into it and he says, okay, I'll sign an edict that no one can pray. And if anyone does pray to anyone other than me, then I'll throw them into the lion's den. Verse 10 shows us something, though. Grab verse 10. Verse 10 says, again, it says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed. Three times a day he got down. Listen, what I love about Daniel is Daniel didn't change one single thing because of the decree. All he did was keep doing what he had been doing. He didn't wait for the crisis to start praying. He used his prayer life to prepare him for the crisis. Are you with me? So he goes in, if you will, he goes into his house he opens up a window that faces Jerusalem. Why does he do this? Because he's remembering the place of sacrifice even though he does not have a sacrifice to offer. The Bible says that he gets down on his knees and he begins to pray three times a day. Three times a day. And verse 10 tells us something. Look at verse 10. Put it back up for me. Verse 10 tells us something. Look what it says. Daniel Chapter 6, verse 10 says, he prays, giving thanks to God. The very end of the verse, three times a day, he gets down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Hold on a second. Just as he had done before. Just as he had done. Just because of this decree, he did not change what he had been doing. What he did was allow his prayer life to prepare him for what he was going through at this moment. Just as he did before. Listen, he was giving thanks to God when he really didn't have anything to give thanks to God for. At least in the natural. He's thanking God even though, remember where he's at. He's exiled. People are plotting against him. His family's gone. His way of life is gone. But yet he's praying. You see, you cannot refuse God in your time. You cannot refuse God in your talent. You cannot refuse God in your treasure. And then when all hell breaks out, say, God, why did you allow this to happen? He was praying prayers while he was in the good times and while he was in the bad times. Daniel is praying in the gap, if you will. He's in between where his situation is and where he believes that God wants it to be. He's praying in the gap. 
he's trying to close the gap, if you will, through prayer. In fact, let me show you something. Can I show you something really quick? Turn with me. Daniel chapter 9. If you've got your Bibles, just flip over. Just a couple of chapters. Daniel chapter 9. Here's what it says in verses 17, 18, and 19. This is the prayer that Daniel prayed three times a day. He prayed this prayer. Now our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Hold on. He's talking about what's happened over in Jerusalem. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Somebody needs to hear that because you feel unworthy. And you feel like God can't answer your prayer because you're unworthy. He's saying, we don't pray because of our righteousness. We pray because of your great mercy. Mm, Lord, have mercy. Verse 19. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay. Because your city and your people bear your name. There's so much happening in this verse. So much happening in these three verses. But it's verse 19 that I want to isolate for a minute. Because what Daniel is doing in verse 19 is he's quoting almost verbatim a a, a promise that God makes in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Almost word for word, Daniel quotes something that God told the people of Israel. If you ever find yourself in a place of exile, I will come to your aid. I will hear your cry because you bear my name. So what is Daniel doing? Daniel is, listen, Daniel is throwing God's word back at God. He's quoting that promise verbatim, word for word. Let me tell you something. Here's what I wrote down. How do you close the gap in between where your situation is and where God wants it to be? You pray his word. How do you close that gap? You pray his word. This book is is your prayer, your, your prayer journal. This book right here is the promises of God in order for you to begin to recite the promises of God. In order for you to begin to pray the promises of God, you've got to know the promises of God. You've got to get into God's word in order to know the promises of God. Hold on a second. It's like an old pastor once said to me, he said, prayers that start in heaven, are the best kind of prayers because God's word started in heaven if you want heaven to come down in your life then use the words of heaven is what he's saying he says Daniel still praying you know what Daniel is doing Daniel is creating an atmosphere While he's going through all of this stuff, this hellacious situation, Daniel is creating an atmosphere. Prayer and praise creates an atmosphere. You might think, well, all we're trying to do is just occupy the first 35 to 40 minutes of the service just so that everybody gets here. No, that's not what we're doing. We're trying to establish an atmosphere. Atmosphere. Somebody say atmosphere. 
Well, there's atmosphere anywhere you go. You want to go out to a fine restaurant? You're going to pay for that atmosphere. You want a really good steak and great service? One of those places where after they cook the steak, they put some butter on the steak. You know what I'm saying? You're going to pay for that. There's going to be a sacrifice on your part because you're going to pay for the atmosphere. If you want Burger King, $2.99 will give you all of that atmosphere. It's atmosphere. The deal is, some of you want that fine atmosphere, but all you're willing to make is a Burger King sacrifice. Lord have mercy. Good God Almighty. Somebody going to help me here? Woo! Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Can I tell you something? Daniel said, oh, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what you say. I'm going to create an atmosphere by praying and praising God. I'm going to give God back his word because he gave it to me in order to recite it. Daniel's closing the gap in prayer, if you will, between where a situation is and where God wants it to be. And he's using his word to do it. He's quoting the promise. Listen, when you begin to quote the promises of God, the atmosphere changes in your life. Go back to, go back to Daniel chapter 7. Let me show you something. Verses 13 through 18. Are you there? Say, I'm there. It says, then they said to the king, she said, I'm there, I'm there. Then they said to the king, Daniel, that dude that you talked about has distinguished himself. The one who is one of the exiles from Judah, he pays no attention to you, king your majesty, or to the decree that you put in writing, he still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until the sun went down to save him because he, he liked Daniel. You see, he, here's the problem. Daniel was, was, had always been loyal to the king, but Daniel also knew that the king of kings deserved a greater loyalty. Oh, so here's what he says. He says, then the men, they went down as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, the according, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, may he rescue you. The stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. That way no one could go in or no one could come out. Sounds like another tomb that happened 1,500, 700 or so years later. The king sealed it. It was his own. He sealed it with his own signet ring, with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might, might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him and he could not sleep hold on a second he could not sleep I, I got to thinking about this because the ne very next verse we start talking about the victory of Daniel Daniel's writing this here's what blows me away Daniel is writing this and while Daniel is writing this recounting the events of his life it seems like he would have captured 
those hours, those days, those problems, those difficulties, and he would have been talking about how bad everything was. You know how, like if we were writing our story, we would focus on some of that bad stuff. But Daniel doesn't do this. Daniel focuses on his faith because he believes in God's word. He believes in God's word. You see, the only part of the Bible that's going to work for you is the part that you believe. How many of you believe his word? Because the only part of the Bible that's going to work for you is the part that you believe. Hello? How many of you believe his word? Say, I believe. Because the only part of the Bible that's going to work for you is the part that you believe. Do you believe in healing? He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Do you believe when the Bible says that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think, ask, or imagine according to his power that is at work within us? Do you believe what his word says about faith, Tanya, that you speak to this mountain and say, Be thou thrown into the sea, and he who believes in his heart, it shall come to pass. Do you believe what the Bible says about peace? That he will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding, that will guard your hearts and your mind. Do you believe what his word says about victory? That you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus who loves you. Do you believe what his word says about grace? That his grace is more than enough in your moment of weakness. I said, do you believe? Because if you believe, you should still believe be praying. Good God Almighty. Somebody give him a praise up in this place. Because listen, the way that you walk into victory is by changing the atmosphere that is around you. The way that you walk into victory and out of defeat is by changing the atmosphere. Sometimes you don't come out of what was until you begin to believe for what heaven can do. Let me continue to read. Stand to your feet with me. I want to show you something. Verses 19 and following. At the very first light of dawn, the king got up and he hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the, the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. Mm, somebody needs to hear this. You know, the Bible says that the devil goes around like a roaring lion. That's all he is. He's like a roaring lion. Here, the angel of the Lord shuts the mouth of the lion. I just need you to grab hold of that. 
He goes on to say, my God sent his angel. He shut the mouths of the lion. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Where's my team at? Come on back. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all of their bones. Somebody say, still praying. Then King Darius wrote to all of the nations and peoples of every language in all of the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and, and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. Somebody needs to hear this. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued. Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered. Hold on a second. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius. So Daniel prospered. Here is Daniel in a place that he didn't want to be, in a condition that he hoped he would never be in, in a position that he did not want to be in, exiled from his land, too Hebrew to be Babylonian, too Babylonian to be Hebrew, his family gone, Jerusalem destroyed, a way of life gone, but yet the Bible says God elevated him and he prospered in that difficult situation. Do you know, and where's my team at? Come on back, number three. Just saying. Do you know that Daniel, let me say it this way, 70 years, 70, almost 70 years before the people of Israel were able to go back to Israel? And Daniel prayed that entire time. Daniel prayed that entire time, almost 70 years. Anybody in this place been praying for something for 70 years? No, I didn't think so. But yet we give up, give up after seven minutes. We give up after seven days. We give up after seven months. Still praying still praying praying still somebody look at your neighbor and say still praying with every head bowed and every eye closed if you would say today I Pastor Mark I've heard this word and just to be frank with you I find it difficult in my position to have the attitude that Daniel had because it seems like all I can focus on is what's not happening what's wrong what's gone wrong what can go wrong and it's caused my attitude not to be the best it, it should be and, but to be completely honest with you, I need God. I need God to help me in this area. I need God to strengthen me in this area. I need God to give me the resolve that I need in this area. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand high.